Hey, it's Teresa. Welcome to Disruptors, the 10 minute take where we dive into the latest innovation, tech and economic buzz. This week's take is on Waterloo's tech and innovation scene, which has received an incredible influx of investment in the last year. What's behind that momentum and what's to come for the region? To help us understand these dynamics is Chris Albinson. He's the CEO of Communitech, an accelerator in Waterloo for tech companies that helps founders start, grow and succeed. One of its members is Apply Board, which we recently featured on our regular show. Communitech was launched 25 years ago by founders who wanted to make Waterloo a global tech leader. Today, it's one of Canada's largest innovation hubs with more than 1,600 members across Canada. Chris, welcome to the 10 Minute Take. Oh, thanks, Teresa. Thrilled to be here with you. So recently, Communitech Waterloo was the setting for the opening bell of the Toronto Stock Exchange, the first time that the bell was rung outside of Toronto. And we have some audio of it that we'd love to play. It was a big moment celebrating the IPOs of D2L and Magnet Forensics, not to mention, of course, the massive amount of funding raised last year. You were there. How did that feel for you and the other founders? Well, um, I can give you a little, you know, the, the backstory and how it happened, but um, it was really amazing for the TSX to recognize the momentum. I think, you know, as you know, Canada is now the second largest innovation hub on the planet and the fastest growing by 4X. And I think what the TSX realized is, you know, it's time for the mountain to move to Mohammed. You know, in Waterloo, we build stuff and uh, it's really exciting to kind of see the momentum. And we could talk some more about that. But I can tell you when the confetti's blowing all over the place and you've got 70 founders in the audience and John Baker's ringing the bell and saying, hey, like, we're just getting started. It felt awesome. It was really fun. So what does that say about Waterloo's growth and trajectory? Because Waterloo is an established innovation hub, but now I feel like we're getting into a new phase for the region. Yeah, there's no question. I, you know, I think, you know, originally when I started, we were hoping by 2025 to get to 24,000 tech workers in the region and a billion a year invested. Last year, you know, now 2021, that seems like a long time ago, we crossed 26,000 tech workers fully four years ahead of schedule. And we crossed $3.2 billion invested in the last 14 months. So we're on an exponential curve. Waterloo is now the second largest and fastest growing tech hub in North America. You know, we're, we're on the trajectory to be 55,000 tech workers by 2030. So just getting started. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's actually talk about the last 12 to 14 months, and especially setting the stage for our listeners who may not be as familiar with what's been happening. So more money, nearly $3 billion was raised in that period of time than I think in the previous 10 years combined. Why was 2021 such a standout year? So I think like all big successes, when you have the party with the confetti, like it seems like, hey, that just happened. It came out of nowhere. But the reality is our founders have been working really hard for a long time. John Baker has been building DTL for 20 years. Um, you know, eCentaur that raised $440 million just announced this week, you know, has been working for over 10 years. Um, Martin Bashiri, who you had on recently, started uh, his startup six years ago. But all of that work was done, I think, fundamentally different than we've ever seen before. The ambition is bigger. And with ambition comes more talent. With more talent has come more capital, which is really what um, we're kind of celebrating that moment. But ultimately, you know, what success looks like is 14 companies over a billion in revenue. Our mission is clear. We want to build 14 Shopify's and uh, I'm very confident we're on that path. 
Right. Yeah. Rome was not built in a day, that's for sure. At the start of the pandemic, your team at Communitech spoke to 1,100 founders in 100 days. What were the most common challenges you heard that entrepreneurs were facing? It was really grounding, you know, a ton of work, but awesome work, uh, talking to founders from coast to coast to coast. And uh, we really kind of built all of the work on Kathy Priestner's work, who was the architect of On the Podium. Everyone talks about On the Podium, but they don't actually look at the hard work that she did underneath it. And that's uh, what we based it on. And what we heard from the founders to answer your question uh, was a couple things. One is, you know, they don't want to do participation anymore. You know, for those of us who remember that, like they really do want to own the podium. And they're saying, hey, if our ambition's here, we need the support to, to get there. So we actually built out a data layer for the 17,000 startups across the country to understand what the trajectory is, not only just on the capital flows, but the performance of the companies and the human capital issues. That's problem number one, number two, and number three for our founders right now. So you may have seen we acquired Prospect, the largest job board in the country last year. You know, as of this morning, there's 15,438 job openings across our startups. And knowing that, you know, helps us know, like, what do we got to do to help them? We need to bring more talent in. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what Martin Basiriat said to us when he was on. And of course, his company is about finding those people around the world and bringing them, bring that talent into Canada. How have things changed since those conversations two years now into the pandemic? We did some pretty cheeky things. Like we bought a billboard in Times Square in the middle of the pandemic when it was really cheap because no one was in Times Square. And it basically said, you know, if you got H-1B problems, come to Canada. Um, that billboard got 45 million media impressions across the United States. And Congress itself in the U.S. had a hearing about little Communitech, you know, trying to steal away talent from the United States. I can't believe that that actually happened, but it did. But, you know, that's what we got to do. We got to be aggressive. Um, we're competing globally for talent. Um, people got to know about, you know, if, if you want to build something awesome, you want to build something big and something that's good for humanity, Canada is the place to go build it. And uh, we just need to say that over and over again. And, you know, like I said, we crossed our 2025 target for talent in the region four years ahead of time. And we just got to bring more awesome people. Like Martin went from uh, no employees six years ago to now 1,500 employees, just as one example. Yeah. So, so be aggressive, be bold. Don't be these polite Canadians that the world knows us for. So last year, I read that only eight seed stage deals closed compared to 26 and 2019. And for those of us who don't live in the region, uh, outside observers, it's surprising given that Waterloo is known for being an early stage tech hub. You know, you have two universities and a robust network of accelerators such as Communitech, Incubators, and Innovation Hubs. Of course, the pandemic bears some responsibility for the decrease in, in deals, but how is this affecting the ecosystem overall? What trickle effects might there be? So uh, on, on the one hand, um, just to kind of set the record straight, I don't think the data is correct mm. because they're basically just using pitch book and crunch based data. And so what you have to assume is somebody did a seed deal and then actually reported it to Crunchbase. Uh, what we're seeing a lot from our founders, uh, so we actually know what the volume was when they're doing seeds, a lot of them are staying in stealth. So they don't want to kind of say, hey, what am I doing? So they don't actually report that it got done. So just know that the volume's a lot greater than that. But I think what is a fair comment to say is there's a lot of competition for talent. And so when the Googles and the Shopify's are paying 20, 30% more year on year for really great engineers, that's putting pressure on our earlier stage companies and it's harder for them to compete for talent. So I think there, we're kind of in that cycle where the competition for talent is making it harder uh, to start a, a new company. I think that's clear. But you know, the volume of startups actually 
that we're seeing through the doors actually right beside me. Uh, doesn't show any slowdown. I want to ask you about some of the solutions and what's being done to help continue the momentum of the region, uh, and especially the True North strategy, which you had alluded to earlier. Can you tell us more about what you're hoping to build with that $200 million fund? Yeah, so really quickly, there's four parts of on the podium. So just like Kathy Priestner, we're going to go find the companies that have the probability of success, not the possibility of success. And we're going to slap the maple leaf on their back. And that's going to be Team Canada. Because it's great to say we're awesome, but like they need to know the stories of Martin Bashiri and they need to know about Clearco and Clio and Seven Shifts and Bold Commerce, these amazing companies across the country. So we need to tell those stories. That needs to connect to talent, as we've talked about. The other part is we need to buy our own stuff. I think coming out of the pandemic, there's a realization of when masks couldn't get shipped from Minnesota, we need to have awesome innovation solving Canadian problems. And that's a big part of what we're doing uh, with you know, True North. And the last part is the fund. We don't have what I call the water station in mile 21 in the marathon these founders are, are doing. It's a pretty standard part of company building in the Valley in the US, uh, but it doesn't exist here. And what does that mean? Like think about running a marathon yourself. If you got to mile 21 and there was nobody cheering you on and nobody giving you water and the things you need to finish the marathon, then it, you know, it's a lot harder to finish. And so that's really what the True North Fund is designed to do is help founders invest in each other, build big and build awesome companies, you know, right here in Canada. I think that sounds like a fantastic goal to work towards. Chris, I really appreciate you joining and, and taking the time to, to chat with us about this. Oh, me too. You're, uh, you and all your listeners are welcome to Waterloo Region anytime. I'll break some news here. Oktoberfest is happening in 2022. We are going to be cracking kegs in Oktoberfest and we're going to do Techtoberfest and bring all the founders, awesome investors from uh, around the world. So come on over. That is awesome. I will see you there. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is a wrap for this week's 10 Minute Take. I am Teresa Doe. Join us next time for a special International Women's Day episode where we'll dig into the lack of diversity in Canada's VC industry. Talk to you soon. Disruptors, the 10-minute take is created by the RBC Thought Leadership Group and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It's produced and recorded by JAR Audio. For more Disruptors content, like or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit rbc.com disruptors.